Hello from Toronto, and thank you for joining us for the latest edition of the IPSASB Meeting Highlights audio podcast. This podcast will cover some of the agenda items discussed at the IPSASB's recent meeting from September 18th to the 21st in Toronto. I'm Ross Smith, Deputy Director of the International Public Sector Accounting Standards Board. Joining me is IPSASB Chair Ian Crothers, along with staff members Amon Liwao, Joe Spencer, Joao Fonseca, Gwenda Jensen, and Paul Mason. Welcome to all of you. Ian, please could you give us a high-level overview of the just-concluded IPSASB meeting and a little bit more detail on development of the strategy and work plan 2019 through 2023? Thanks, Ross. Yes, I think it's been a productive meeting. We've certainly covered a lot of ground. As you'll hear uh, from colleagues, we've moved the social benefits and non-exchange expenses, individual and collective services projects forward. And those are, I think, within sight of approval uh, of the IPSAS and the ED, respectively, in the December meeting. We've had a very good discussion on measurements, and I think now we've got a very clear view on uh, what's going to be in the CP and the exposure draft, and that should enable the board to have a good discussion on a full document uh, in December, although based on uh, the complexity of the the subject, uh, I think we're now looking at approval of those documents at the March meeting but it's better that we have the right degree of debate on those um, and that we're happy uh, with those and there'll be important outputs. And then revenue, again, we're at a key stage in terms of the development of exposure drafts uh, on the replacement for IPSAS 9 and 11, the update of IPSAS 23, and also the grants and transfers from the expense point of view. Um, Some important discussions there and the board really getting to the heart of some difficult issues. So good progress on those. Um, Strategy and work plan, we had the first review of comments. Last time round, we noted the very high degree of input this time uh, to the project in terms of uh, the round tables and also uh, the 50 or so comment letters. And this is the first time the board's had the opportunity to review those. Uh, We took some important decisions there in terms of confirming uh, the overall uh, strategic objective and the five strategic themes and also the project that we'll take forward that will add to the work program and some discussions around the development of a research program which is the first time we've had that and then finally we had a look at leases uh, and again we've had some very good and insightful comments from stakeholders um, but as as you'll hear a lot of differences of views and we'll certainly have to think carefully about how we take those forward so a very busy meeting um, but very good I'm very encouraged by uh, the level of discussion and I think we've certainly taken some good decisions to move those projects forward. Thank you, Ian. Paul, can you tell us about developments on social benefits and the related non-exchange expenses project, as well as a little bit of an overview of the improvements project? Thank you, Ross. On social benefits, the IPSASB considered a first draft of the final standard. Most issues had been discussed at the June 2018 meeting, so the changes that the IPSASB made were generally minor although one did affect the definition of social benefits, and this has been amended to social benefits are cash transfers provided to specific individuals and or households who meet eligibility criteria, mitigate the effect of social risks, and address the needs of society as a whole. 
and linked to this definition, additional guidance will be added on cash equivalents. The one area where the IPSASBI hadn't made good progress previously related to disclosures. The IPSASBI considered additional disclosures, particularly relating to where an entity could have used the insurance approach but chose not to, but in the end decided to only include very limited information about this and about the risks that affected social benefit schemes for cost-benefit reasons. On non-exchange expenses, as Ian has mentioned, we made good progress with an exposure draft on collective services and individual services, and also on emergency relief. These will form additional guidance to IPSAS 19. The board also considered the use of the public sector performance obligation approach for non-exchange expenses. This is a complex topic and involved consideration of how these transactions would be represented on the balance sheet. After a long discussion, the board concluded that the public sector performance obligation approach could be used for non-exchange expenses, and when it was doing so, this would involve the recognition of an asset for the right to have goods or services delivered to a third party recognised on the balance sheet. Moving on to the improvements for 2018, the board considered responses to the recent exposure draft ED65. Respondents had generally supported all of the proposed improvements, so there were very few changes. However, the board did agree that it would allow additional time for the cash flow disclosure, which experience in the private sector indicated could take some time to adopt. So the board has agreed to allow an extra two years for people to implement that change. Thank you, Paul. At this meeting, the IPSASB continued to develop its proposals on revenue. Joe and Amon, can you highlight some of the main points that arose in the revenue project, which of course comprises a number of streams? Thank you, Ross. After considering alignment with the ISB pronouncement, IFRS 15, revenue from contract with customers, the IPSASB decided that there are certain changes to terminology that warrant departure from IFRS 15. The IPSAS B decided to proceed with the terms binding arrangements, binding arrangement asset, and binding arrangement liability. The IPSAS B instructed staff to consider the suitability of the term customer and consider transactions that are within the scope of the standard. The IPSAS B decided to add explanatory text that the expected cost plus margin method could also be used where appropriate for goods and services that are provided on a cost recovery basis. The IPSAS B also prompted staff to decide on a suitable title for the standard. Over to you, Joe. Thanks, Eamon. Other aspects of the IFRS 15 expansion for the public sector that the board decided upon was to change the term commercial substance to economic substance. The board also decided that legislation and the ability to reduce future funding in certain circumstances should be included as potential enforcement mechanisms for binding arrangements. In regards to the project to update IPSAS 23 and the requirements for accounting for services in kind, the board asked staff to consider how the New Zealand requirements require disclosures of volunteer services for entities that are heavily reliant on those services for their operations. Thanks, Amon and Joe. Joao, can you tell us about the board's initial consideration of the responses to ED64 leases? Thanks, Ross. Uh, Deep Sands, we considered for the first time uh, constituents' responses to ED64 leases. On LSE accounting, Deep Sands, we noted that there was an overall support to ED64 proposals. 
after considering a high-level review of respondents' views, DIPSASBI tentatively decided to adopt ED64 proposals in the IPSAS on leases, subject to a more detailed analysis of the responses. On lessor accounting and concessionary leases, DIPSASBI acknowledged the diversity and complexity of constituents' views on ED64 proposals and decided to extend the timeline of the leases project in order to make a detailed analysis of all the issues raised by respondents. Thank you, Joao. Let's move on to measurement. Gwenda, could you please bring listeners up to speed on this project? Yes, Ross. Well, as Ian said earlier, the Public Sector Measurement Project made very good progress at this meeting. The Board decided that the measurement exposure draft will define what each measurement basis means with explanatory material and also have application guidance on how to derive the measurement bases in its appendices. Other IPSASs will continue to address which measurement bases should be used. Then for the IPSASB December meeting, the Board asked staff and the task force to complete the consultation paper and exposure draft for a first full Board review. The big areas to address will be application guidance and measurement-related disclosures. With respect to application guidance, the Board has asked staff to develop guidance on four measurement bases, historical cost, replacement cost, fair value and the cost of fulfilment. The ED will have generic guidance while topic-specific guidance will remain in other IPSASs. A similar approach will be used for measurement-related disclosures. There was good progress already on application guidance for fair value thanks to the work done by the Board's Financial Instruments Task Force and staff so that the Board reviewed text from IFRS 13 Fair Value Measurement and decided to adopt the majority of that text as fair value guidance in the measurement exposure draft. I want to add that this project does not consider changes to the accounting policy measurement options already in IPSAS that is outside of the project scope. For example, where an IPSAS has the option to subsequently measure assets at either historical cost or a current value, that option will remain. This project, as you know, is all about better measurement of assets and liabilities in the public sector rather than more fundamental change. Thank you, Gwenda. Ian, any further final thoughts about the meeting or more generally about the year to date as we move into the final quarter of 2018? So, thanks Ross. Uh, I think um, we've had a very good meeting this time round. I think it's been a busy year so far. We've certainly, I think the strategy and work plan has been really critical in terms of where the board goes for the next five years. And what's really come through that process is the importance of, of connectivity uh, with our stakeholders, with the increasing number of jurisdictions around the world that are adopting or making use of IPSAS. And certainly that's the theme 
of uh, the strategy. But I think we're seeing this coming through in terms of the responses that we're getting to not only the strategy and work plan, but also to our various consultation papers and exposure drafts, encouraging in terms of the increase in the number of comments and also the diversity of those comments. So I think as a year, it's actually been extremely productive, extremely important, though, I think in terms of where we go on some of these projects uh, that we've talked about seeing the end of the social benefits project in sight at Christmas, seeing developments on measurement, revenue, and also the approval of a new financial instruments, IPSAS, during the year. Therefore, I think busy, productive, and certainly very positive in terms of uh, both outputs, but also the connection with our stakeholders going forwards. Thanks, Ian. Thanks to all who have joined us today and to you, our listeners. In the fourth quarter of 2018, the Hipsasby Consultative Advisory Group will meet in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia on December 3rd, followed by an Hipsasby meeting from December 4th through 7th. Meetings of the Hipsasby and the CAG are open to members of the public and you may register as observers. More information is available on the Hipsasby website, www ipsasb.org. All audio podcast meeting highlights and CAG podcasts are available in the meeting section of the Ipsasby website, and listeners can also find us on iTunes by searching for IFAC Accountancy Podcast. Listeners can follow us on Twitter at Ipsasby underscore news. Thanks for listening, and join us again in December.